Phil. Uh, happy New Year. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Uh, happy New Year. Hey. Wow. Happy New Year. Yeah. It's graphics like crazy. Not even graphics. Just woo. It's new. I year. love it. I don't have to do it in post because you're you were you were so prepared. They're happy 2024, my friend. Cheers. I was gonna get some uh champagne, but my tummy. My tummy's a little upset, as they Uh-oh. say. So I figured I won't throw any champagne on it. You gotta put the the ginger ale or the uh the lemon lime sodas. That's my Definitely. To the new year. Happy new year. This is a little Schlitz malt liquor. So, you know, it's what you got. (laughs) It's just what you got laying around. right. Happy Mm. new year. The good stuff. I don't have a noisemaker, so I got to use a harmonica. (laughs) Should all the acquaintance be forgot? I don't remember the lyrics. Yeah, I just, I just found out that it's not um should i was like should old acquaintance be forgot why would you like add ah, that old acquaintance no it's old and i'm guessing old is bad old would be like a is that what that old long saying means or where that 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 all ties together i guess because i never I understood so. what the title of the song was i just knew uh, what it was something in europe <laughs> crazy europeans coming over here <laughs> getting involved in our new year uh, <laughs> This episode is presented by OIT VoIP. Enhance your client's communication abilities with our VoIP solution, featuring integrated billing, on-demand training, and live U.S. support. Collaborate seamlessly with Microsoft Teams integration and put your entire phone system in your pocket with MobileX. Improve your offerings and increase profitability with reliable service for one-tenth of the average MSP acquisition cost. To learn more, visit OIT.co or dial 844-CALL-OIT. Hello, welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages in internet land. My name is Aaron Bolton and you are watching 38 at 38, uh, where we talk about ridiculous job stories. And each week, we ha- on each, uh, each episode, we have a guest, have a guest coming in and they come in and they talk about their most ridiculous job story. And then they choose a, um, a quote that pertains to one of my jobs that I had. And then on the spot, I got to talk about the job. So it's fun. It's goofy. It's ridiculous. You'll enjoy it. I promise. Hold me to it. Don't hold me to it. Uh, so Sound this, off in the comments. This, if he didn't right? fulfill his, his promise, let right. us know. <laughs> yeah, drop drop an F in the in the chat. I don't know what that means, by the way. Have you heard people like YouTubers yeah, or yeah. something? I don't. What does that mean? F in drop the chat is like if something bad happens, you know, like. Sound off, drop F in the chat, lads, because my girlfriend just broke up with me or something. Oh, you know? so like, oh, F, oh, okay. Like, yeah, E-F it's just like a, a fail, a bad, you know, bad situation. Oh, okay. Look at that. The more you know, <laughs> guys, guys, you, you watch 38 at 38, you're going to get an education. You're going to get an education up in here. Well, uh, I'm very, very excited about this episode. Not only is it the first episode of this wonderful brand new year, 2024, ooh, ooh, phenomenal year, great success. If this was a movie, it'd be like fast forward to like 2025 and like just everything's on fire. <laughs> I had no idea. This is fine. This is, fine. This is, this is fine. the year of Blade Runner, apparently. So, I mean, it should be a lot. That's right. Should be a lot darker, you know. The clothing should be a lot. Uh, right. I, I'm not apparently in the movie that that they showed us. So no, no, no. We're very bright. We're we're like, uh, of course, Blade Runner. That was like in one location. What if that's like just the one crappy spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the like, one crummiest city in the in the Blade Runner world. Yeah. That was just that was what it was yeah. like there. Florida's doing great. You know, Texas is thriving. You know, this place is like Oklahoma. I, I've never seen. I've never that makes seen a lot Blade of Runner. sense. I never considered that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Look, just take your robot self over to, I don't know, Vermont. You know, just go to Vermont. I can't believe Vermont. Can you imagine Blade Runner? Okay, hold on. Blade Runner is, this is a tangent. Yeah. Blade Runner. I've never seen it, but I get the concept, right? Is that supposed to be all over the world? Because just move. Just go somewhere else. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you have a good point. They really never show like when you have to accept this, uh, this world, this new reality, it's dystopian and it's over the whole globe or no, this is just Philadelphia. Everyone else kind of kept going, but for some reason, Philly looks like, you know, dystopia. Look, I don't think it's for some reason Philly. I think it's. <laughs> I know some Philadelphians that are going to call me on that one, but that's all right. I think it's right. like, it's like, where is this? Oh, Philly. Oh, okay. Tracks. All right. Uh, <laughs> is there a Spirit Airline that I can get out of here? <laughs> Only thing. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, all right. Uh, not to get off track, let's jump right back on. I am very, very excited to have my guest. This guest today, we have Mr. Phil Buck not only well first he is the host that's him right there he is the host of the wildly successful uh youtube show and on other spots i'm sure you will tell us uh ai roundup where he gets down and dirty with the best and the newest ai uh news and uh, updates really great stuff you guys need to watch it subscribe like subscribe drop an f in the chat or i don't know always always um but not only that that's huge enough but he is also the producer of this show for MMM, MMN, MSP Media Network. There you he's go. There the you producer, go. He's the editor. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I love it. He's uh, He's been the editor from the get-go of this show. So, you know, a year and a half. Oh, it's been a year and, and this a is half. episode 20. So, yeah, yeah. We're... What? Yeah, yeah, past a year and a half. All right. Very good. We're and uh, we've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to have him. He's been wanting to be a guest. And we we haven't been able to just schedules or whatever. And now we're able to do it. I'm excited about this. Phil, what's going on? How you doing, man? Man, I am great. I am so glad to be here. You know, I'm in the background of every show. I get to pop in every now and again. But like this show is just right up my alley. I am very similar to you in a lot of ways. I actually went and did the math. I try to figure out how many jobs I've had. And I think it's probably like 13 employments that I've had across my career, but that doesn't count all number. I like when I started to think about my side hustle stuff, like, cause I've been in bands, I've run blogs, I have meme pages, I have a couple LLCs. I mean, I don't even know where to, I don't even know how to tally those up. I was just like, we're not going to count those, but my career path has been, very similar to yours in in that I have numerous hilarious job experiences. So I was super excited. Uh, You know, I'm always in the background of the show listening to you guys. And I'm always like, man, I totally get it. And I, you know, I want to pipe in. So this is the, the the fact that I got a chance to come actually be a guest on your show. I'm, I'm stoked because I've got some good ones for you. Well, good. Okay. Because I, I'm, like I said, I'm excited about this because all the guests that we've had in the past, except for maybe a couple, uh, they have been original fresh guests and who are not as familiar, unfamiliar with the concept of 3838 after, you know, of course, when they get the email, when we talk about it and everything, but you are obviously very well acquainted with 38 at 30. I would hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Probably one of the most acquainted with the show. Right, right, right. Right. Maybe more acquainted than I am. I mean, you know the show. <laughs> I know the stories. I got the stories. You got the show, you know? So really excited about this. So we're we're going to be able to, like, we talked about this. This is going to be a great episode, uh, ladies and gents. Buckle in. And yeah, and all you uh, uh, very avid listeners, all the fans out there, uh, uh, millions and millions of you out there, uh, you guys should know Phil because we reference him uh, quite often in uh throughout the show and uh we got to have you start popping in you got to be you are jamie you are jamie you're right joe rogan right yeah i should be doing that more often but i uh you know i don't want to i don't want to intrude but yeah you can just call me in like jamie phil hey and i'll pop in value add it will not be an intrusion it's a value add my friend pop-up producer it's like the vh pop-up and i'll just pop up video yeah hey what's up yeah i'm here did a little thing. Did you know that Phil in 1994, you know, just little, 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 little factoids about you. Uh, Phil, uh, let's uh, tell me a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about you. All right. Well, your, since we're talking your... job stories, obviously, like you said, a lot of people may, if they've been watching shows on the MSP Media Network, maybe they know me as the editor. Maybe they know me as uh, AI Roundup host. 
I'm a producer here. So I've been in the world of film and video since high school and college. That's what I went to school for. But my career path took me in a lot of different directions. Hmm? I didn't know that's what you went to school for. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. That's what I got my education for. But you know how things work out. (laughs) I didn't work in film and video for uh, quite a while. Um, Because my growing up, my dad is an eye doctor and I worked for him like pretty much one of my earliest jobs. Um, I can tell you since we're talking about job stories, I'll just throw in this is like an experience. It's not like a story. It's just like a little woman. But one of my first jobs was waiting tables at Perkins and I was a terrible (laughs) waiter. Yeah, it did not work out. Raiders. (laughs) I thought Perkins was like a like a cafeteria, like Libby's. No, it's kind of like a diner vibe, you know, like, okay, all right, mainly breakfast food, desserts. And I mean, anyway, I was uh, in high school. It was one of my it was my second job was waiting tables at Perkins to get to the point. The reason I'm not a waiter anymore is I remember taking a tray of drinks out to a whole family, you know, like a tin top or something. I've got everybody's water, drinks, teas, whatever they wanted. And I'm putting them out on the table. And I think I'm getting down to the last two or three uh, cups and <laughs> just let the drinks go right into this, you know, grandfather's lap. Like just oh. drinks all over his lap. Like cold, cold drinks. Right yeah. Like the worst lap. place you could get somebody wet. Cause what is he going to sit there the whole right. rest of his dinner? Like uh, yes. just soaked in his pants. And he did, you know, like, <laughs> you know what? Cause he's, he's a grandpa. When you were in high school, that means he's probably from the greatest generation, world war two generation. He they were super like, nice about it, but like, uh, I, I can't imagine being in that position. I would have been so angry. You know, my manager had to come out and take care yeah. of it. They took me off the table. I wasn't the uh, the waiter anymore. For the they rest didn't of even want you. They were like, Phil, why the don't you go take fine. <laughs> The customers were fine. The guests were fine. And the manager's like, I would take a break about that. I got one. <laughs> Just mm-hmm, about this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't stick around in the service industry really. Um, that's not entirely true because working for my dad as an eye doctor, I ended up working in optical, you know, selling glasses for years and years, working for eye doctors for years and years. And uh, luckily, you know, uh, when the pandemic came around, I was able to fall back on my video editing skills because uh, I didn't, I didn't really want to work in those environments, you know, like um, we, I just had our first kid. So this is like, whatever, four years ago. Um, and I had the option like, hey, I'm going to stay home with her. I'm going to work freelance as a video mm-hmm. editor. Um, and that worked out really well until I found my way to the MSP Media Network, which is why I'm so lucky to know you and so many other people uh, to, you know, it's just it's just nice to have a place to come to work every day versus like what podcast am I going to be working for this week or what, you know, Right. random editing gig is going to fall in my lap this week. Uh, right. So, you know, along the way, I've worked a lot of different types of jobs. And, uh, you know, one of them was a detour from not video editing, not uh, optical, not eye doctors. But uh, I tried to uh, I tried to be a musician for a while. I tried to, like, have a band that would, like, pay my bills. Um, OK. And let me tell you, didn't work out. Uh, that's a a tough gig man that's a tough gig yeah bank of america credit card paid my bills for for a while um and then i had that you know i had to work that off after (laughs) several years good for you dude good for so you had a kid you were married had a kid or you had a family right and you were like you know what or is that when you wanted that you you were wanting to have a band or no this was way earlier than ever having a, a family this was probably gosh 10 years ago when, you know, I, I had quit a job and just try to sink all my effort into playing music, playing in bands and, you know, driving around in a crummy conversion van and <laughs> with Dude, three that's... other stinky dudes, you know, like. Um, so how long did you do it? I think there was about a year where I was never like employed. I was just doing right. whatever I could do to get by. And then I started picking up side jobs, you know, a friend of mine that would like hang doors for Home Depot started to take me to do jobs with him. So I'd pick up some cash there and I was like, this credit card's maxed out. I'm not, I can't pay rent. I got to do something. So this leads into my worst job story for you. So, right. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a little right, bit by, of a build up here. By the way, I think uh, that's what I want to say. Good for you because that's a dream. You know, that that's really like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to do this. You knew how hard it was. I'm sure you weren't like, I got this. Hello, Mariah Carey. You want me to open up for you? <laughs> It's so weird. That's the first artist that came to mind. 
Obviously, well, you weren't singing R and B or she's you? very successful. So that is a great comparison. I wish I could have been Mariah Carey. I mean, I right? spoke to one day. Hey, hey, hey! You're you got a lot of time left, man. You could be Mariah Carey. I'll yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta work on my pipes a little bit. You know, she can hit that register. That I just don't. Cool. I don't think I'm gonna get there, but uh, I'll keep right. working on it. <laughs> I spoke to one, one of my uh, daughters. You know, like I went to a birthday party for kids and spoke to one of the other parents there for the first time. And we both had the same experience where we had these years where we were trying to be musicians and you, know, you do what you got to do to try to make it work. And you know, we were both just kind of lamenting like you got it's almost like winning the lottery to make it as a like a working musician. I mean, right. at least for what a lot of us have in mind. I think a lot of working musicians, their 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 work is probably way different than you think you're going to be a rock star. Well, actually, you're just playing weddings and, you know, right. All that kind of stuff. People are making money. They're successful. People have are being able to pay their bills and they're talented. And but, you know, they just they're that's where they're at. And that's fine. You know, yeah, that's yeah. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that, right, like, right. Re realistically, economically, when you look at being a musician, it's like some people make it the dream, you know, of playing the original music they want or playing. But that, it's just hard. It's just a saturated right. market. So anyway, yeah. moving ahead a little bit, I finally. So one of my friends that I knew from uh, the the music world, uh, he worked in a kind of an adjacent industry for a sound and staging company. Um, so basically, uh, the the main meat and potatoes of this place is they go set up you know big sound systems for concerts. So you go see like this was in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you go out on, they have like a river barge that they'll set up shows on you go right up to the river in nashville and there's like a barge where they will build a stage giant speakers you know this is the kind of stuff they did and then they had a staging department so you didn't really need to have any skills at all to be in the staging department if you wanted to be in the audio and video department you like you had to know how to run all yeah, this yeah. gear you had to know you know you had to know audio engineering you had to go to school most of these engineers like graduated from the university where i was at um so anyway, uh, the thing about the staging department is that, like I said, you don't have to have any skills. So you just you, you just have to be a warm body. <laughs> is that a roadie? Is that basically what a roadie is? It's, it's kind of like a roadie. Yeah. I mean, roadies, you could also well, consider roadies, these I guess, audio go on engineer the road, guys. Right? It, there yeah, could be yeah, a okay. range, you know, like it's almost right. like being a stagehand, really. It's like, gotcha. I think roadies often actually have a lot of experience in, you know, they, they know how to work gear. They know how they, they yeah, have yeah. years and all that kind of stuff. Uh, most of what we were doing <laughs> was heavy lifting. That's what you were there for. So you would right. um, essentially, you would spend, I, I should make as a comparison, you know, as far as careers go, the other people that were working these jobs were high school, college kids on summer break. There was one guy, right. Rodney, who was a character. He was just a homeless guy. And he just, you know, they, they let him work there during the day when, when he wasn't out on the street, he would come to work with us in our crew. Um, That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would give what <laughs> it's it's nice they were able to give that to him. But I, I'm also making the point that like pretty much anybody could just get this this gig, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah, like a, great skill so this level. Is where I'm this is where I'm at in my career, you know. Um, I'm working with the with the summer kids out of out of school. Um, the homeless guy Rodney. Um, and you would do crazy things where, you know, a, a show had to be set up for 7 a.m. Uh, in, a, in an amphitheater. So you'd load up a trailer, a gooseneck trailer. Or 7 a.m.? Yeah, the, the stage had to be ready. So you'd go to work at midnight. You, we had the main thing that we used were, were called decks. And they were these big pieces of a stage that were like, I'm guessing like 6 by 12 feet the rectangles, you know, uh -huh. painted black, and you'd have to stack these things up on a trailer, you know, like 12 high, strap right. them in, drive to wherever, and then, you know, carefully wheel them into these places, like through the back halls, build a stage at two in the morning, you know, work all night, <laughs> get so it wait, set up, four, make it look the nice. The show was at seven in the morning? Yeah, it had to be ready for people to come in and start setting up, you know, whatever's going to oh, happen that sorry. day. The stage had, yeah, to, yeah, stage had to be there first. They couldn't wait for you yeah, to go yeah. on the stage. So you just, right, right. I mean, this is just sense. one example of some of the most extreme stuff. Oh, the, the barge wasn't the stage. The barge is just like the platform where then they right. would put the stage. Oh, okay, that, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so it was all these situations where, you know, you're building a temporary structure. It has to look professional. It has to be you know, structurally sound, people can't get hurt walking on this stuff. So you have to build a physical stage, gigantic in dimensions, 
a lot of times overnight. So it was hard work. It was, it was kind of dangerous. <laughs> I can remember some times where we would be building these like, you know, a big aluminum things to hang lights on and people being just up on a ladder with no supports, no straps, just trying to like, you know, these things Solid. don't fit together no like easily. You have to like, you know, make it work. Um, no OSHA involvement. No OSHA involvement. No one's no yeah. one, no OSHA's not there. We're like, a, I got it. I mean, they out. should be, but yeah, a lot of they times it just <laughs> sounds did, like it. We just did what we had to do. Um, yeah. So I, I came into this situation working for the staging department as like a warm body, but like I needed a job, you know, like I was at that point, right. I needed to be working. So I showed up for every gig. I was reliable to the point that I kind of moved up and became like a foreman, like my good buddy mm -hmm. that got me this job, Matt, we were both foremans together. We were foremen, I guess is what you call it. Not foremans. Yeah. <laughs> four men, four, men. four, four men. <laughs> gotcha. So you had some responsibility. Like it was your job to come in every day and you, you know, if you had a gig, you had to make sure that, uh, you know, you had the list of everything you had to pack, you had to load the trucks, the tools, all the supplies. And, uh, you know, if you didn't do it right, you'd show up to a job and you'd be screwed. You have to turn around and go back, load up another truck. So, you know, it got to being a warm body to being actually kind of an important, uh, person in this operation, but we were not at the top. So there were some other guys above us. Um, I can't even remember their names now. I think it was like Ben and Doug. And these guys were like lifelong carpenters, you know, like they had, they they were like master Gills. carpenters so they weren't just right. like throwing decks together i mean they could build stuff from scratch for these things that this was not experience that i had you know i was right. i was learning the, the trade but i was not by any stretch of the imagination a master carpenter or anything so one day we're loading up a, a, a box truck with everything that we need and these two guys come out and they're like all right guys see you later have a great show or have a great gig or whatever and we're like what you're headed out for the day they're like no we quit like we're done we're like <laughs> We're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you don't work here anymore? Like, we're on the way to a, a gig and you just you just come to tell us you, you're done. You quit, uh, which is you got it. <laughs> you right. Got exactly. It. Which is in a lot of cases, some some of these jobs, I mean, anybody could have done it with the right, you know, if you were shown the schematics or whatever. I mean, anybody could build these stages. It wasn't crazy. Well, this is where I get to my worst job story. My craziest, most ridiculous job story is that. You know, this company would take on bids from gigantic uh, vendors and stuff. And some of the, the things that they would require, you know, it took a master carpenter to pull this stuff off. Right. <laughs> so suddenly yeah. after these two guys quit, they're done. Well, no, you, don't you guys have two master carp? Oh, no, you don't. Have yeah, so they're they're done. done. They quit. They gone. And uh, so now all of a sudden I answer to the CEO of the company with my my buddy, the, the two foremen. We are. We're the top of the staging department, which nice. is not, there's not, there's a lot, there's a gap of experience here for what's happening. So they, they get Promoted a client for default. the Gaylord, you know, like the Gaylord hotels and resorts. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'll have yeah. them in Florida, but they have them yeah. all over the country. Um, and they do giant conventions, giant shows, you know, people that like think, think of something like Apple where they're going to do their, their big reveal event, you know, it happened at right, something right. At like Gaylord. I can't remember who the client was, but they had a staging need that was on that extreme level of, you mm -hmm. know, like you were going to build this entire thing so that they could do their like year end presentations that needed custom flooring and needed all these arches to be built tiered, you know, custom wood pieces. This was not pulling out those decks. I told you and loading them up right. and slapping them together. This was like something that had to be built from scratch. Like <laughs> quick, quick question. Uh, I'm uh, what year would this be? Cause I'm just trying, I'm trying to in mind what, like, what is the level of Google and YouTube? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like, just like, this oh. is probably like 2010 ish, 2000. Nope. Yeah. So, nope. I mean, it was out there, but you couldn't build custom stages off of no. The information on get, YouTube, yeah, much information so, on it. Nah, we were assigned this bid, and and we were irresponsible for coming up with how much it was going to cost to do this. And we're just looking at everything that's being asked of us, and we just kind of we spent our time trying to figure it out. We had to come back to our CEO. And we're just like, we're not, we don't have the experience level to bid this much level, much less make it happen. Like you, right. <laughs> you're counting on us. <laughs> to do the job that you had these two guys to do it and they're gone, you know, and, and right. we're, and that did not work out. The CEO just got pissed. He 
please. I didn't ask you to tell me if we could do it or not. I asked you to tell me how much it was going to be. I mean, just super like it was not was like, okay you, that we were. You're like, oh, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying that I don't know how to do it. And I can't right. tell you how much it is. So this this led to them actually bringing back one of the guys. The oldest guy that was one of the master carpenters kind of like came back temporarily to like patch this together to like, you know, do literal like, you know, architecture design schematics and all that like CAD design type stuff oh, and wow. put us onto the vendors. We had to find people that would take these, you know, quarter inch pieces of, you know, like a plywood size piece of quarter inch wood and do custom paint where they paint the whole thing blue and then throw all these speckles on them. Cause this one, this was like something we had no idea even how to start. You know, this is just one of very few crazy things that we were like, I, I don't know how to do this. So he came back and he, he got a lot of the worst stuff squared away but then he was you know he was done with the place so he kind of pieced right. out and we were left with putting this all together and making it look good which we did um we worked so long and so hard i mean aaron there was at the at the final stretch three days where it wasn't even that i didn't I, it wasn't even that i only got three hours of sleep that day it was that i literally worked for 21 hours straight worked stopped to go home and sleep for three hours to come back and keep working to get this gig done <laughs> oh. in the amount of oh. time that was required. Cause there was like a deadline where the, the show would go on and this all had to be in place. And, you know, we did do it. We pulled it off. And I remember being like so proud of how hard we had to work to pull this together. And it was, it was a nightmare, you know, hell weeks of my life. I, I can remember that uh, being so tired we uh, one of the trucks that we drove was like an f-250 like dually you know with the big the two tires on the back so it's like yeah yeah you need to be you need to be careful when you're driving this thing well, well we left one of our hand saws to go reverse <laughs> say that again just to, just to back the truck up like well, I, yes you, know, you nailed it yeah yeah <laughs> because exactly what happened is i was going to leave the the loading bay uh one morning and had left the power saw behind the thing and just ran it over because i was so tired you know like i just didn't yeah. even think that i had left it back there so um after that you know i decided i wasn't going to stay in uh the staging business much longer <laughs> right yeah. it was this time of year you know i remember like quitting before the holiday party and then like kind of having my last hurrah was like to come back around to the holiday party and say goodbye to everybody and that's when i decided you know working at a, at the eye doctor offices, like inside with air conditioning and, and, right. you know, Stable. going home at five, six, seven o'clock was like really nice. With people, you know, people yeah. who love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck? <laughs> yeah. not. but dude, you got to strike out and do your own thing. You got to, you don't know that until you do it. You know, you don't know what else is out there. You don't know. Oh yeah. Is, you don't, you don't know how sweet something is until you had the sour. Right. You don't you don't get that. Yes, That's that totally. I can remember working on that riverfront, sweating in a hundred degree, you know, summers cool. thinking about like, wow, I used to work inside. I'd sit in a chair all day. And there was right. nice, cool air blowing on me. And like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm lifting heavy stuff all day and it's very hot. And I could possibly, you know, chop a finger off or something if I'm not careful. So, no, <sighs> yeah, that was that definitely. Was a there was like another you inside your head saying, Hey, Phil, Hey, remember when the heaviest thing you had to lift was a box of contacts? Remember that? <laughs> remember, remember that time? Yeah. At what point were you like, were you like just hammering something or putting something up and you're like, being in a band sucks. <laughs> I had that thought many times before. Yeah. Before working that job. I mean, be, there's many aspects of being in a band that can suck. And, 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 uh, you know, at that point, he, he, the job kind of takes over. You know, I don't even think I was playing that much music because it was just like all of a sudden yeah. now you're in an industry that's adjacent. You're doing it. Cool events and the entertain. Like I rolled out red carpet in front of the uh, the CMA awards, you know, like there was that's very cool. cool things that we got to do. Um, you know, we're behind the scenes. There's no glory and there's no glamorous side of that. You, you're like the, you wear all black because you're not supposed to be seen in these scenarios. But, right, you know, right. if you wanted to be in that industry, I mean, you know, our boss, the CEO of the company was like mixing audio for James Taylor and stuff like that. I mean, so we were very close to the the top of, you know, if you want to be a musician, well, there there's the best people in the world right there. You're doing it. You know, you're watching 
the winners of the CMA awards just walk by. Well, you you rolled they, out and, that carpet that they're walking on. And they did it. They're there. And it's what you want to do. And I, I was, so I've been, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I'll be, how many times I'm sure there's, there's numerous times where you're imagining in your head. Cause I know I would, where it's like, you're this close to the talent. You're this close to, and how many stories have we heard of, you know, that just that one break, just yeah. that one, you know, that one break or that one connection or that one. And it wouldn't be, even though you were in the, uh, the labor side of things, it wouldn't be ridiculous to think, look, what's his name? Harrison Ford was a carpenter on the movie set. He was, he and he just, come help me and, a lot. For, <laughs> thanks a lot, Harrison Ford. Where yeah. were you when we needed yeah. you? Phil, Phil, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to come back with, uh, you're going to ask me about my job story. But right now, we're going to take a little break for uh, the sponsorship. Are you engrossed by the intriguing world of AI? Do you find yourself relying more on ChatGPT every day? Are you fascinated by creating visuals with mid-journey or stable diffusion? Or could it be you're contemplating the deep-seated implications AI has for your professional field? If you're struggling to keep abreast of all the AI developments, don't worry. I'm Phil Buck, the host of AI Roundup, a weekly digest of all things AI. Make sure to check in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern for a concise roundup of the most captivating AI news right here on the MSP Media Network. And we're back. I hope you all loved that uh, uh, that advertisement. It was it's rated the top advertisement in the world. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't make these things up. You know, why would I, why would I? <laughs> you definitely didn't make that up just now. Definitely I mean, didn't make that up. All right. Thank you again for sharing that story. Uh, now this is a time where you get to at, you get to tell me that quote from the job. Oh, it's a good one. I'm excited about this. It says, pardon me, ma'am, but your eight zero zero eight is showing, which one of my right. favorite numbers. Right. And, and if you are a 12 year old boy or ever been a 12 year old boy, you know that any calculator, if calculator, do you, you type eight zero zero eight and it looks like boob. Mm -hmm. So you can even uh, do, what they, is it? Uh, five, one, three, eight, zero, zero, eight for boobies. That's another good one. Boobies. Oh, I, I don't, I never got that. I did. We did. I remember doing boobless. In, yeah, uh, in, in, you do a seven three a good one five five, five, five three seven yeah 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 boobless so, so yeah you gotta um, you gotta educate me on what 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 yeah, how in so, the world did you end up in this scenario so what is it sorry ma'am but your your boob is showing mm -hmm. right and that's that's how i said that was a quote that i said was uh, sorry ma'am your uh, your boob is showing that's actually so, a relief i'm glad i'm glad you didn't say eight zero zero eight to her because yeah you're eight zero zero eight and then i went <laughs> i what like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I've never, I've never touched a girl. Uh, so, so, uh, all right. And, and so I, you have to remind me if you could, do you remember if we've, if on one of the episodes, I was going to look at this, I forgot if we talked about me working for Scarborough. No, I don't believe I've ever heard you talk about Scarborough. Okay, cool. So We'll go ahead and bleep that out. So <laughs> you guys don't know what um, job that is. So that'll help because it came from that job. So I, so I got this other job. So I'm like, oh, I'm looking for, this is a part, you know, not a part-time, but a, a job that I had that I'm trying to find something else. And this guy comes in and he's like, Hey, your wife wanted to work. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that with you. I don't. And I said, but tell me about this office manager position. And he told me, he's like, uh, he had a, uh, uh, he owned a or part owner of an ADT um, home home security, you know, uh, dealership. So, and it was actually the largest authorized dealer of ADT, which is most people are like so what. But that is, I feel like it was kind of cool because ADT is the largest security company in the world, and they don't just sell. The majority of their sales comes from authorized dealers and in the residential space, and they were the largest resident. I didn't know that. Because this was just the Brandon office or the Tampa office. Okay. And he was telling me about, I was like, all right, cool. He's like, well, I need to, I was like, I said, well, no, I, I would like the job. I, I, if you want to interview, I'd love, I'd like, it. and he goes, and he's always on his phone and always like moving around. And he's like, you want, you want to be the office manager? I go, yeah, yeah, yes. And he said, 
I never thought about having a guy office yeah, manager. I was going to say, was like, this guy sounds uh, definitely some misogynistic vibes going on. Right. Old school dude. Old school dude. Um, his name was Dave. Name was Dave. He was uh, one of the most complicated men I've ever met in my life. One of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. Uh, this man was a multimillionaire numerous times. Wow. How do you become a multimillionaire numerous times? Not it, it's because you get a multi become a multimillionaire and then you lose it all. Oh, and then you become a multimillionaire again. Like that. So he, I see. I thought you just meant so, many times over, but no, he had to repeat no. the process. <laughs> right, right. And so that means two things, which I've noticed were extremely true. He had the understanding and the capacity to uh to communicate, to make business happen, to to uh to make things happen, to be successful, but he also had this ability to um a uh, flaw that would allow him to make risky decisions or, you know, not, not the best decisions. And then, so there's this up and down. So he's running the Brandon office or in Tampa, right? Um, I come in as the office manager. It just happens to be, this is a door knocking facility, a door knocking sales organization. Gotcha. So every week there was a new hire training class every week, every week, there's a new hire training class with at least 25 people in there new hire this is and i and i would go i saw monday get in there monday i saw the the morning sales training or you know getting everyone together and I, i'm like okay there's maybe 15 people cool and then on thursday thursday friday saturday was training days when thursday the new hires come in there was like and every week there's like 25 people in here i'm like how do we have hiring 25 people every week but we only have 15 people here because it was a commission cutthroat. only commission only mm. door knocking you know uh get this uh basically hey uh do you need home security to make sure strangers don't get into your home well <laughs> allow me a stranger to come into your home and i'll tell you how you know it's a it's a tough gig you know i mean just to be fair anytime anybody comes to my door to sell anything ever it does there's no there's no chance i'm like literally like i'll just i just shut you down like i'm like i don't want to be rude but i am closing the door now we are not doing this so phil that's, that's hard that's a hard phil, you position. never you never had me knock on your door you never had me knock on your door. <laughs> so, You're right, Aaron. You never come. What's going? You you, you got to swing right. by sometime. So <laughs> knock right on. Uh, so my first day there, first day, I I came in. I think like on Saturday, Sunday, talked to him. Got like my office set up. Had a little office and everything. First day, Monday, getting things set up. I'm already. I've already got a mindset of okay. I've. I've it's all about organization. This place was not organized at all. I'm like okay. I got processes coming in. And this one guy comes in my office. He's like hey this is actually second week he was hey big guy huge guy soft soft spoken really soft and gentle guy hey is chris here chris was the trainer is chris here i said no no he's he's uh or he's busy he's in a meeting how can i help what can i help you uh he's like i i don't think this is for me i'm i i think i'm gonna quit and i looked at him i said all right come on in sit down let me go ahead and do this um exit interview for it and he was like huh and i don't know if i was if i should have done but i was like I'm from a place and I told him, I said, listen, the way I see it is um, if you're going to be here and you want to be successful and you want help and you want to make money here, we're going to do everything we can to help you with that. But the second you don't want to be here, we don't want you to be here. And it's not that we don't want you here. If you don't feel comfortable here, you don't feel like this is a thing, then look, let's part ways, be happy, shake hands. Right. And he's like, uh, okay. So he sits down. I start filling out this exit. I don't know this guy. I don't know how long he's been here. I don't, and I'm filling out this exit interview that I was kind of proud of because that was part of the processes that I got up. I was like, well, you know, one thing we need is an exit interview. So I just made the form. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> filling this out. And Chris pops his head in. He's like, hey, uh, John, what you doing in here? Um, he's doing, he's doing an exit interview for me. He's like, what? And I said, yeah. He goes, no, 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 get up. Come here. Come here, John. You're not quitting. Come here. And just tell him you're not quitting. Come here. I'm like, all right. So. <laughs> First, so uh, first week, actually, this is great. First week, uh, Chris, the trainer, he also did trainings and interviews. And I'm talking about weekly, probably about 150 interviews weekly. 
just it was and the phone was constantly ringing and the the advertisement was like misleading and i'm learning all these things right i'm like what did i just get myself into what is like the, the ad was misleading it's like make this much money and, da, 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 and, blah, blah, blah. and it was like they come in and it's like oh it's commission only it's uh, you know it's you're walking around you're knocking on doors you know they and we're having people who are like uh you know almost grandmothers you know coming i mean it ranges it ranges it was a very apparent to the people a lot of people in the training class when they're sitting down in the training like 25 30 people and they're looking around and like there's a guy there's like a guy who's like 20 with like a t-shirt and like jeans and then there's like a uh, an older lady in like a business suit you know the range <laughs> and it's like something something here doesn't belong um so uh so the first week so chris is out on uh he was out of uh on vacation and dave the owner uh he's like he was doing the training so he uh i i kind of peek in the training uh uh office it was like a couple doors down in the plaza and he's like blah, 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 and he's in front of these people and he is just like berating them almost like he's like <laughs> and you can blah, blah, blah. and when i was and he's just talking to about himself and he's not going into training of like sale he's just going going like he has an audience i go back in my office a couple you know an hour later he comes in sweating i mean just sweating and he's like oh man i go how'd it go he's like oh it's awesome it's awesome he goes hey i need you to do me a favor i need you to do me a favor man i need to take a break uh in 10 minutes can you go in there and just uh do some do some stuff with him do some training stuff with him and uh, this is this was my third day this is my third day there and i said um sure he didn't know all he knew of me was that i was just some kid who worked at this place that he would frequent right and he didn't know that i have a heavy at that time already i'd been in well if you guys are following i've been in like commission sales since i was like 15 years old i've been working since i was 12 like jobs you know and um and i've been and i'd done sales training and he said just go in there and do some training i, I don't know and i said got it and i walked in there and i said all right guys so let's talk about sales and i just did off the cuff sales training and he came in and he was like and he sat down in the back and he watched and i was like bah, 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 bah. i said all right guys we've been going for about uh 50 minutes let's go ahead and take a 10 minute break blah 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 and i walked back to the office and he was like what the hell was that and i was like oh you didn't know <laughs> like this guy asked me no questions about my background at all i was like yeah man i did it he's like oh my goodness that's, that's awesome that's great so um so that the whole gig was you would uh if when you got hired you'd come in uh or like around we you didn't get out in the field i'm sorry here's the proper schedule that was supposed to be um at by one o'clock you're out in the field you're out knocking doors you're supposed to get there at uh 10 a.m uh, and kind of check in make sure all the paperwork everything you need is kind of done at like 10 30 or 11 there was a sales training that should have been like an hour like a, hey this is what happened yesterday this is what we got these are our goals this is what we're supposed to do it's supposed to be an hour then okay we're gonna break have some lunch and at one o'clock we're getting in our groups and we're going out to go knock on the door david wasn't a very organized person you know and he was like go go so there'd be many times where they would be sitting there until like three o'clock and just <laughs> Oh no. Hey, just, I'll be I'll be right back, guys. I'll be right back. And he's got other things that he's doing and blah, blah, blah. and uh so it was it was just wildly chaotic. You're trying to like make money, but you can't even leave the building till three o'clock and you're like just like oh, I'm making no word. commissions today. Yeah, it was it was rough. But but here's the thing: the majority of your money came from uh at like five o'clock, five oh. and plus, because people are home. That's right. What, yeah. So during the during before five o'clock you're basically cherry picking you know you're like okay there's two cars there someone's definitely there it's so funny i was i, I did this for two years and shortly after about six months after being the uh, office manager and having more and more increasing exp um uh responsibilities david actually started running the saint pete office and he said i just need you to kind of run things and next thing i know i was general manager of the store of the of, wow. the, of the office and i was like okay and I, six months that's all you know and i'm i'm running this office it's crazy it was man. mainly it was owned by him and his two brothers his two they all have a history in kirby kirby sales like kirby vacuums you know and which a lot of times isn't the most honest you know thing and a lot of times they were he was running that sales office like kirby vacuum and i've heard oh, him I say see. before 
I'm telling you, I, if you go ahead and get this, this is going to be great. You sign up for this. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get a vacation. I'm going to, I'm going to a vacation to, to, I mean, all the old school things, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm this close to getting a vacation. You're going to help me out. I greatly appreciate it. It's wild. It's great. So I take over this, um, this, uh, sales office. I'm now in homes now, now all that set up and there's so much other crazy stuff, but really when I start going out in the field and I don't know anything, I'd only, be, I'd never, I hadn't been in the field at all, at all. And he's, and now I'm having to take people and knock on doors and other people have been there like less time than me, but have at least been in the field. They're having to show me. And now I'm having to take that and just like, all right, let me just, <laughs> I, this is going to work. My, the, okay. The stories are so wild. And I want, I want everyone to understand. I promise you, these are all true. These are all true. Um, and I've realized in professional settings, I've stopped telling these stories, not because they're not appropriate. Some of them are not appropriate, but because people don't believe me. And they're like, okay, yeah, right. All true guys. Um, one, one time just, just to pepper this in, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a new hire, a new hire. So I'm taking the new hire. I've, I kind of, I busted my chops a little bit. I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm successful in this now. Um, I take a new hire and my job is to do it by the book with the new hire because it's rough out there. And I just need them to know this is the way that you do it. Like they didn't have the experience or understanding to like jazz, you know, to freestyle. Gotcha. So I'm yeah, like, you got to learn the rules before you can break them. So here, here's the handbook. Like that. Okay. So here, here, here's, here's what you would do. I take him right next to me, knock on the door. Always this, always the dun, 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 dun. That was always, I don't know why it was instructed to us that that is the way, like, cause it's shaving the hair. Or something. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Don't know. But so they come in the right when they come to the door, it's almost like, and this things I I've learned, I picked up and I picked up the psychology from David. And I, for a long time, I was like, I don't think David understands why he does what he does, but he is freaking successful in sale. But he, I don't think that's why he was, there was a genius to him. He's like, that's a savant. So, he just like, there was, Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and so, so I picked up certain things and I would do this because this is disarming. So the people come to the door, hey, how you doing? Uh, my name's Aaron. We're out here uh, with ADT's marketing department, marketing department. And uh, we're trying to find some select homes where we can put this sign in your front yard. And what that does for us, that gives us free advertisement. But also what we're going to do is not really free for us because for allowing us to have that sign in the front yard, we're going to give you uh, a security system at no cost, a, a security system to cover this place at no cost. It's a $99, but I wouldn't talk about money at no cost. And they, they, they haven't even been able to say anything yet. And I said, and I, and I just say, you know, and I'm, and I'd love to, uh, I'd love to show you what I, what I got. And then I always peek over behind them because every home that we'd enter, we'd go into almost everyone had a sliding, sliding glass door in the back. That's like Florida sliding glass door. And I'm like, oh, I see you have a sliding glass door. You know, there, that's actually uh, really easy to get into. You know, can I, can I show you something real quick? And I would point, this was instructed point look down at my feet. So break eye contact with them, point past them, look down and start wiping my feet. Just start wiping my feet. And, and I tell that to people and they're like, okay, like that worked 90% of the time Wow. because we're, we're trained to when, when, when someone's at your door and they wipe your, wipe their feet, it's because they're coming in. And yeah, yeah. what do you do? You want them to come in. So you instinctively move to the side almost every time. I point forward, I start wiping my feet and I'm looking at their feet and just waiting for them to go boop. So often I go, thank you. And I walk right for it. And I go walk straight through their house, straight to the, um, to the, uh, to the slider. And I said, so these are really great. You know, everyone has this, but what people don't understand is that this is very easy to break into and, uh, you know, oh, well I have the lock on it. Absolutely. But here's the thing. If you go on the outside, the backside of it, you see this um, door, the doors on the outside, all you have to do is lift up and I lifted it up and it comes off it, and I said, and it come, it comes right off. And they were that would, that if, when I got that point, that would get them. They're like, okay, we're going to talk then, you know, because that would scare people that would put wow. fear in them. And it's actually, it's true. Or, and then when I tell them that, that's it's crazy. I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. That is wild, but that's not the number one way that people break into your homes. The number one way people break into the homes is through the front door. And they're like, what, why not here? 
said, because in the front door, it only takes about 400 pounds of, or you only takes about 200 or 150 pounds of pressure to kick in a front door. And the average person has about 400 pounds of pressure in one leg in their dominant leg. So they kick in the front door and they walk right in and they close the front door. If a neighbor hears a boom, by the time the neighbor looks outside, they see a closed door. They don't see anything. They don't see broken wood from the, cause the woods on the inside. And oh, I said, yeah. that's it. And people would be like, well, what do you have? And then I'd go into my whole pitch and I have like a little uh, folder and I'd show them the thing and I'd go through the whole sales thing. And look, when it worked and it went well, it went great. You know, it, but every now and then, for instance, I, I would have uh, two times I've had someone come and pull a gun out, like pull in the middle of the sales. Okay. So then this happened. Oh, this was really weird. What do so you do? Just like, leave at that point when the gun comes out, you're just like, goodbye. No, you close that sale. You close that <laughs> sale. Cause that's what an expert does. And that's what I did. You close it. Wow. You close it. Okay. Yeah, because it's like, all right, well, look, if he's threatening me with a gun, is he going to shoot me? People saw me in this neighborhood. You're gonna shoot me. Impressive. Very bold. Very scary. Uh, foolhardy. Foolhardy. <laughs> you know. Uh, so the story, the 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 quote, right? The quote. Yeah, Mike. Uh, when when, when do we get to the boobs, Aaron? <laughs> I wish. Sorry. I wish. I no no no. I wish it was only one time. I wish it was only one time. Um, this one particular knock on the door. It's around, I don't know, noon, one o'clock, something like that. Lady comes to the door. She's, she's been sleeping. We woke her up. You know, we woke her up. She's got her, <laughs> she's got her, uh, her robe on like, and it's like a thin kind of robe. And she's like, oh, Hey, you know, she's just got it. And she's got the door open up and I'm talking to her and no, I'm the trainee is talking. So I'm able to observe and her boob is out. She has one whole boob that she made. Went to grab it like she covered and just out and i'm like okay i gotta i'm not gonna i can't be like hey buddy stop talking you know so <laughs> he, so he kind of finished it and i said i said i'm sorry ma'am uh you're um uh, <laughs> and she was she, you can tell she was kind of friendly and just you know just nice person i was like i'm sorry your ma'am your um your, your boob is showing you know i i didn't in my 27 year old brain like i was like this is your boobish and she goes just like this she goes oh sorry does like this covers it up the other one falls out <laughs> it's like i said no we're we're just gonna i'm not even what am i gonna do now the other one's out you know I'm, just let that one ride but that happened quite often there were people <laughs> that had that not quite often but that happened more than one time where like someone would come to the door and they weren't fully dressed um had someone come to the door one time uh naked because that was their way of saying stop knocking on my door Oh yeah. Where they would open, knock, 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 knock. And works. dude opens the door and he's just, just slanging. And he's just there. What's up? And he's like, I will do this as long as you want to do this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like a challenge. So I'm like, all right, you think you're cool? Okay. I, look, I was raised a Jehovah's witness, which means every Saturday as a child, I was out knocking on doors. <laughs> you think, you think I'm not prepared for this, you know? And you know, of course like, get the hell out of here <laughs> you know that's usually how it was you're like you didn't know i used to work at that walmart right down from the nudist place so i mean this is exactly this is right crazy par for the course um, <laughs> one time this i was uh had a trainee the trainee oh for some reason there was three of us at the door i think i forget why but that's like too much but i was like I one guy john janney this kid was so funny he's he's just a funny guy and um we had a trainee and I just happened to swing by. I was like, yeah, I'll be at the door too. Let me, I want to see how also John trains and just observing. Oh, I see. I opened Training the door. The trainer. Who trained? Yeah, tra just, just observing. Yeah. Who, watch, who watches watch the watchman? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so guy opens the door. He is apparent. It's apparent that he has a mental disability or some kind of, um, uh, disability of some sort is an older guy and he comes to the door with his robe on open, right? Naked. The trainee again is just eye contact locked. And he's like, Hey, ba 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 da 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 da. And before the trainee can even get to a point, and the, the guy is like, you know, drool coming down. Not, I mean, uh, John and I are like, we're locked in. Like what is going, this is, you know, his older guy. He's like, Ugh. and his junk is out. Uh, I, you Phil, I'm gonna leave this up to you as producer and editor, whether you want to censor this or not. 
but how can I say it? There was discharge. Oh, come like how when you go to the dentist and they pull it and there's a string of okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I'm and I see it and I'm like, what is going? It's, it all happened so quickly. John, John goes, John in the middle of the train talking. John goes, John goes, what is that? <laughs> He's just poisoning. He goes, he goes, what? Ew, ew. I'm like, John, shut up. Hi, sorry, sir. Sorry, I don't, I gotta, and the trainee still didn't get it because he's locked eye contact. Now he turns over to John and he looks over. And then when he looks back at the guy, he looks at the whole thing. He's like, oh, oh, what? And John's like, John's like, what? He turned, John turns to me, points at the guy. And he's like, what is this? What is, what is that? Like, sorry, sir. We got a wrong house. Yeah, it's over. It's call it. It's it's over. Yeah. It's done. Many times I have thought about starting a podcast or just a video series of uh, lessons learned from David, because for the two and a half years that I worked for him and for the year and a half, uh, two years until when, until he passed, which wasn't a long, long time, the impact that this man made on me was profound. The impact this man made on other people, negative and positive, there wasn't anyone who's like, David, I'm not sure if I met. No, (laughs) if you met David, you You knew knew David, you knew him. Local vendors in the area, I'd be like, hey, yeah, we're coming over. Oh yeah, I got you, yeah. Because he would just go everywhere and talk to everyone and just force his his communicate his conversation himself on other people to the and he was relentless to the point where they were like all right i guess i'm listening to this guy i guess i'm listening to this guy it was uh it was absolutely it was an amazing experience i learned so much psychology so much sales so much uh, uh, uh just communication from that job oh uh, uh, what was his name jamie fox he did uh door-to-door sales and he said uh a two, two years doing door-to-door sales straight two years, door-to-door sales is the equivalent of a four-year communication degree. He's like, you would understand he was with psych with like a minor in psychology, because like, if you, if you're doing it two years, that means you had to be good. You had to be good. So if you focus, you weren't those people that were gone at the end of the training week. (laughs) No, that was, and again, this is, I've got, I've got 10 more stories of David right now. I could tell you, and I've got, 30 more stories of ridiculous more than that so many ridiculous stories from the job i'm telling you we need to revisit this job yeah you're and gonna have to do a, like a sub-series of uh of of episodes just on that one but i mean I, normally you know this what? would be that the part be of the show idea. when we would say you know what were your what were your revelations what did you take away from this but you just gave us you life. know uh, Dude, life lessons so many things Right. Uh, yeah. Was, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think we have to do a special revisiting of what you learned from that because no, it was all the, right there. It was, it's wild. The, the life lessons. I mean, I think about this every now and then, um, it's just a weird situation and weird job to be in and weird individuals because the people who jump and say, yes, I'm going to start doing this. They're not, the corporate people, you know, they're people who's like, who's like, it's not like someone's got a degree and they're like, I'm going to do this. It's people that that's all they, that's all they got right now. This is what they got. This is what they're able to do. And so you have people who are down on their luck. You have people who have been, you know, uh, who are just trying to do something who are uh, maybe unfocused and trying to, it just amazing stories, man. I'm so glad we talked about this because it's just reminding me about so many, so many things that I've, uh, that I've learned, but yeah, that series, uh, lessons from David, I would love to do that. Cause it's, uh, it, a book needs a, easily a book could be written about him. And that was the biggest thing Curtis and I were talking about after he passed away. We we're like all that talent skill and all that information and knowledge is lost. He's like, I wish he wrote a book. He's like, I wish my brother wrote a book and just was able to depart all this information. Um, yeah, great time, great time, David. Good old David, love him, absolutely. You're gonna have to find a picture of David. There's no way we can do this episode without, you know. There was a time in there somehow. He's too central to this this narrative. There was a time in um, when I was working there where I could type in David 
Weinstein and just start pressing B and David Weinstein, Brandon, Florida would come up and you'd click him like he was known uh, a lot of not good things, you know, like, oh, he lied to me. He did it. But he, but I, I didn't I saw him cheat the truth, but I never saw him like outright lie. You know, it's almost like buyer beware with David. You got to yeah. buy or beware with, with David. But he was uh, the salesperson, you know, he, you, he, he was that's the, a skill that, you know, how to tell the, the side you yeah. need to tell, you know, like, yeah, it's amazing. Let me show you. You're going to be so safe. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. You love it. We all love it. Like these are I'm not even I'm, like I said, I'm toning back. I'm I'm toning back, David. Uh, phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for man. Dude, thank you for letting me uh, uh, talk about this. I know this went long uh so we're gonna we're gonna do some editing i'm sure i don't know there might be maybe a part two yeah maybe i was gonna a, say we might have a bonus episode or something come out of this because uh a bonus a episode or maybe some shorts maybe some of the stories that are you know just putting the shorts like extra shorts something because uh yeah I, i'd like to get david's uh stories i'd like to get i'd like i'd love for people to know the good person and the interesting person that he was so nice. that'd be great. So, uh, thank you again. But so life lessons, there's been those, uh, that I've talked about, but from you, so what life lessons were you able to learn? Were you able to, to glean from, uh, from your job, uh, being a forced carpenter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're a carpenter now go make an arch. There's a lot that I learned from that job. I mean, there's so many takeaways, but I'll just try to boil it down to, you know, that, that experience gave me perspective, you know, uh, it, it showed me how you can be chasing a dream and end up at the bottom of your situation. Mm. And then you go on, you, you go with the flow. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have ended up at that job if I wasn't, you know, it sounds the way you describe the people that would show up to these trainings is that they needed to work. They needed to make mm -hmm. ends meet. And, uh, you know, that's where I was and I went with it and it was good for me for a while, but it also showed me all the other aspects of my career that, you know, that were always there to me, but I, uh, you know, the grass is greener. I want to be a musician. That's the life that it's going to be better than selling glasses. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of follow that path for a while until you're like, Oh, <laughs> it, they all have their pros and cons. You got to, you know, pick your poison. And, uh, that part of it's that part of my life ran its course and i found you know that the, the green the grass is greener where you water it you know like i oh. i found a lot of success in uh you know i went on to go back in the optical after that and i ended up opening a, a practice with an eye doctor here in denver and i was there for seven years and uh it was really successful we got it up to a million dollar practice in three years and you know i i wouldn't have probably ever been in that place if i hadn't gone through the whole other alternative lifestyle that I thought, Hey, this is where I want to be. Right. This is what I need to be doing. Um, sometimes you go there, you go where you think you're supposed to go. It opens your eyes and, you know, I'm grateful for every opportunity. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't miss working at an eye doctor place anymore, but I also, I really appreciate it. You know, I really appreciate right. the opportunities that I had there. And it was because, you know, you, not all opportunities are the same. I got one that helped me get out of credit card debt, but it was not how I wanted to be spending the rest of my days, right. you know, like, and especially now that I have a family, I'm glad I'm not up at two in the morning until 7am and building stages and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's just, right. you know, people always, uh, you, you're in a situation, you look to the other one thinking that's where I want to be. And, you know, I, I hope that's true for everybody that feels that way, but it's not always the case, you know, like, Right. Sometimes you got it better than you know. Right. And I, and I love how just the idea of look, those experiences, no matter how ridiculous or crazy or, or stressful they may be, they put you on the path to where you're at, where you are right now. You know, they, they're, they're yeah. contributing. My son, six years old, love him, Nico. Shout out to Nico. Um, he, he, Nico. So he, he asks me often uh, doing this. He's doing I don't know why. He's just, you know, kids go through phases and they start asking things. And he asked me, Hey daddy, what age would you want to be? If you could be any of your ages from before, what age do you want to be? And my, my answer always is this age right now. I go this age right now, because right. I, because I'm able to look back and I'm, I'm, I said, baby, I've got you. I've got your sister. I've got mommy. I said, I've, you know, I'm blessed. We're blessed. I love where I am. You know, 
where I'm at. And I wouldn't be there unless I went through all of the things that I went through, you know, in every other age, in every other uh, uh, year that I was alive. I said, so I, I, I don't want to go back. And I'm trying to have my six-year-old, you know, like wrap his brain. I was like, I wouldn't want to go back to that spot. Cause what if I did, I do something differently and then I wouldn't have this right now. I said, baby, I wouldn't risk it, risk it for anything in the world right now, this age I am right now today. And he, then he goes, I wish I was one. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I could probably answer that question. I would probably go back to being 25, like many times. That was a great, yeah, it was a great age. I mean, yeah. and, but no, I, I totally agree with the, the perspective you're giving everyone is that, you know, you, you get to where you are and that's, it took every experience you had before that to get to right. this place. So, um, but yeah, definitely had some, some fun in the mid twenties. Wouldn't mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could just like holodeck yeah. into that and, you know, right. Spend, spend a few different. hours and come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now if he asked, Hey, what daddy, what age was super cool? Oh, let me tell you, son. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, there's some cool ages, you know, but nah, yeah, <laughs> dude, this has been such a great convo. I, I, I love this episode. This is amazing. I uh, thank you so very yeah, this much. This was a blast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to one day cutting it up, t telling stories with you. And uh, it was everything I hoped for. So thank you very much oh. for giving me the time. I'll be back in the, in the producer man, man behind the screen for you next, next time. But yeah, for, DJ, for today, I got to come the, out and the <laughs> mouse and keyboards, DJ, your, your mouse keyboard, DJ. I love it. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up again. Thank you so much, Phil. Hey, everyone out there in computer land who has listened through this whole thing. I thank you so very much. I hope you've enjoyed it and I look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Peace. See you guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Oh, like and subscribe. F in the chat. <laughs> That's what everybody says, right? Right. Like and subscribe. Bye, guys. broadcast of the MSP Media Network.